again, listener, and welcome to another edition of the Coco and Daltz podcast. We're real people, and we do real reviews. R-E-A-L. No, R-E-E-L. The first one was R-E-A-L. It goes both ways. Um, I'm not Coco. And I'm not Daltz. And we also do real reviews on Netflix, Amazon Prime, (laughs) Disney Plus, HBO Max, and anything else you can think of. That one random one that we went on that time because you wanted to see the David Tennant Oh yeah, crime thing. I don't remember what that acorn was. or whatever it was. <laughs> Do you want to start over? No. So uh, th- this should give you an indication, listener, of what kind of podcast this is going to be because we've got a an action packed, hilarious take on something. What are we doing this week, Coco? Oh, we have a treat for you, listener. Oh, do we? So in this episode, we're reviewing the brand spanking new Netflix rom com. Falling for Christmas, starring Lindsay Lohan. Mm-hmm. It just got released yesterday. It's 95-ish minutes long. Uh, Lindsay Lohan stars as the spoiled daughter of Jack Wagner, 80s soap star Jack Wagner, who owns a bunch of ritzy ski resorts out west. But it's Jack Wagner as somebody else. It's not well, actually Jack Wagner. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, she has a fiance who I don't know how she didn't know that guy is gay. <laughs> well, they're not engaged. They're dating. And he proposes to her on top of a mountain. And then they manage to get separated. They both fall down the mountain. Mm-hmm. She gets amnesia. She gets picked up by a local widower who runs a not exactly rival ski resort because it's older. It doesn't have all the amenities. He's in danger of losing his business. He kindly takes her in when she's such a brat at the hospital. They don't want to keep her there. Over the course of a few days, she changes from, you know, a brat to a nice lady who actually cares about other people and learns how to do laundry and make beds and stuff. (laughs) And they fall in love and Mm -hmm. I won't give away the ending. Who plays the the small town resort owner guy? That is Cord Overstreet of Glee fame. Oh, is that where he's from? And let me just say he is 33, but looks 23. Mm -hmm. She is 36, but looks (laughs) about 46. So we didn't think that that was an age appropriate pairing Mm -hmm. until Mm -hmm. adults looked up their ages online. And saw that they were actually not all that far apart in age. Because we were like, there's so uh, Cord Overstreet's character also has a daughter mm-hmm. who's about eight. And mm-hmm. we were like, there's no way that guy has an eight-year-old daughter. Well, he looked he, like he was 23 and yeah. he had like a kid when he was 15. Or yeah, totally. Like yeah. And But then Daltz was like, oh, no, actually, they're only three years apart. And we were stunned. So, the crack research department came across again. Well, it's, I mean, it is a crack research department because Lindsay Lohan's in this movie. So. Oh! Oh, the shots have started so crack already. is appropriate. We didn't rehearse this, listener. Wow. There already shots have been fired in this podcast, <laughs> listener. We knew it was going to go off the rails because... Yes. So Coco and I were watching this and several times during this movie, we looked at each other and we were like, this is going to be a great podcast. Well, let me say the reason that we watched this movie is my fault. I'm the one who said we have to watch this, not because I like rom-coms and not because I like Lindsay Lohan, but because I like train wrecks. (laughs) And when I saw this was a Lindsay Lohan Hallmark Christmas movie, I said, 
that is going to be an epic train wreck. So I will fall on my sword for well making us watch this. I so, appreciate that. But I also think that sometimes the best podcasts we have are the things that we review that are terrible. And speaking of, what is your opinion of <laughs> Falling for Christmas, Dalt? So let's start poking holes in this. <laughs> so Cordover Street, which is probably not his real name, but his character is playing this down-on-his-luck you know, small town resort up against the big monolith resort. And there's no way he stands a chance. And I'm thinking, this this is a good storyline. This could be good. But then we go to his resort and his resort looks amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's all decorated with like it's, it's homespun. It's, it's definitely country. You know, yeah. it's got a lot of country uh, affections and affectations, I should say. Um, and it's Christmas. So there's a lot of really nice Christmas decorations and that sort of thing. But it looks amazing. Like it looks like it's just a, it's a nice, small, clean, homey, homey, old fashioned resort. And I was thinking it was going to be run down and there were going to be, you know, boards on the windows and stuff like that and there was going to be raccoons walking through the lobby well there was that one raccoon that scared her the right yeah but But, you know the 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 essentially the entirety of how we're supposed to realize that this is a down on the luck resort is that because because the snowmobile wouldn't start that was it like everything else was all sparkly new and shiny and and walked in and everything looked really i was like i would stay there i mean what's the matter with this place so Hole number one, A. And so where do I go from here? I'm sort of like, <laughs> I mean, do you want to go and then I'll I go? don't think that you can poke holes in everything on the podcast because then we'll be here for hours. <laughs> so so you go now, Coco, because I that was the thing that upset me the most right off the top. Is like, I'm not buying into this whole rags to riches underdog thing because the resort looks amazing. So I'll, I'll just give generalities here and we can definitely talk specifics later but Mm -hmm. right before we started recording i i don't generally like to look at other reviews because i don't want my opinion of something to be influenced Mm -hmm. before we record a podcast but because i was looking up like what cordover street's real name is (laughs) uh, i just googled like lowen netflix or whatever and all a lot of reviews popped up and this is getting generally favorable reviews what which is astonishing because this is awful (laughs) it is so terrible now let me qualify that though by saying 10 years ago Lindsay lowen attempted another comeback after years of tabloid shenanigans (laughs) and bad behavior with a lifetime biopic on elizabeth taylor and richard burton she of course played liz taylor and I watched that also because, like I said, I want to see a train wreck. And that movie was just bad. There was only one scene I can remember that was so bad. It was, like, hilarious. And I laughed at it. But the rest of the movie was just really bad. Like, as in boring. Yeah, boring and just poorly acted. Not and, entertaining. And don't get me wrong. This was also poorly acted. But, <laughs> but it, we saw it coming. But it was unintentionally hilarious. Like, this was awesomely bad. <laughs> so it's got that at least going for it. Like, mm-hmm. just... The dialogue can be hilarious. Uh, the special effects when Lindsay Lohan falls down the mountain are really bad. <laughs> the fact that she doesn't know her fiancé is gay. Just, I don't know how that now happened. You're, you're reading like, between the lines on that. There's no, there's no revelation in the story other than near the end. <laughs> that, <laughs> no that, pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so the 
near, near the end of the movie um, <laughs> that uh, so there's no indication whatsoever during the story that we think he might be gay. It's just you're inferring that based on his style choices and his body language and his affected voice and everything like that. Right. We don't know that. Um, so, yeah. So the Lindsay Lohan's acting was not the best. Mm-hmm. I I thought she was like stronger toward the end than she was at the beginning. The beginning. <laughs> she got better as she was? Yeah, she got better. Or did you get more used to her acting? I, it, that might have been it. Yeah. I thought Jack Wagner like valiantly tried to earn his paycheck. Um, you know, for probably like the three days of work that he had. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, no, it was just the unintentional hilarity saved this movie. If it, <laughs> and I've said to Dalt several times, do the people involved in this production, did they intentionally try to make it this hilarious or did they think they were actually making a serious work of art? And mm-hmm. yeah, so, cause it's, it's bad. So the... What you should do, listener, and we'll get to whether you should listen, whether you should watch this or not at the end, of course. I think you can probably read between the lines what we're going to say. However, if you do watch this because it's like a Christmas thing and you want to sit around with the family and, you know, shut everybody up for an hour and a half and, and that kind of thing over the holidays, then do it on the big screen. Do it with your 4K TV or whatever it happens to be because the scenery is amazing of Park City, Utah, which is where this was filmed. And that, to me, is the true star of this whole thing. Wow. And also the hot tub that they yes. keep. Like, so Coco and I eventually had a drinking game going. Is like, when you see the next scene with a hot tub, take a drink. Because the hot tub on the top of this one resort building where you can Jack see. Jack Wagner's hotel. Yeah, and you can see it's a glass-bottom, glass-sided uh, hot tub. And there, there are bikinis in that. And he's like, okay, I've seen enough of the glass hot tub so that to me was the true that was that was a redeeming factor right there was the scenery yeah the end tried to turn into it's a wonderful life a little bit mm-hmm. which i i wasn't it was it, it just there were so many plot holes there were just so many plot well holes. And, and also the, the not only the plot holes but also the acting like we talked a little yeah, bit about the acting but but also there's some scenes in there where i know Coco and I have talked about this where we we have a guilty pleasure and it's called Night Rider. And we watch that sometimes and we say when we watch it, it's like that was all done in one take. The whole episode was one take <laughs> yeah, and it might actually have been one continuous take. Mm-hmm. You know, they just edited out the parts where the, they moved scenes. Right. <laughs> so this, this movie also felt a little bit like that where some of the characters did facial expressions and Coco and I were killing ourselves laughing. It's like, what, what did that mean? <laughs> And like, there's some like people that don't even like extras that are in there in the scene, and they do like a funny face, and you're like, I don't think that was supposed to be in there. Was that was that an intentional inclusion? Like the movie's not even not even really ninety minutes long. It's got to be ninety minutes, right, to to be a legit movie, and it's like ninety five with credits and everything like that. So it's it's verging on unintentional hilarity throughout the movie, not right. only by the actors being play being paid to play but also the extras who are just standing in the background looking goofy. And then there's the uh, sheriff's department, which is just like a log cabin with a sign that says sheriff on the front. And we're like, that is in no way any actual like police station anywhere in the U.S. So honestly, listener, I had to rewind that because it, totally did. it looked like one of those, you know, uh, the Christmas tree shops that you see that pop yes. up around Christmas. It looked like somebody had just slapped a sheriff's office sign 
on the wall there. And then you walk in and it looks exactly like that because there's all these Christmas trees and decorations and everything like that. It's like, man, what kind of a police department is this? And also that would be like a government building and you probably shouldn't make it look like Santa threw up on it because we don't have a state religion. So, I mean, you know, I mean, of course, obviously places are probably going to have like a Christmas tree or a wreath or something up, but no, well, that looked like. Also it was in Utah too. Or so. Well, that is true. Yeah. Yeah. But the sheriff is black. So yeah, there was, yeah, that was, there was a whole other casting (laughs) thing there that we don't even really want to get into, but man, there was just, there was a lot of diversity in, in the cast. I didn't realize that Utah was so diverse, actually. I mean, skiing, I guess. Well, do we know that this actually took place in Utah though? Yes. Good. Like, I think. They didn't really say where it was, but it was, it was filmed in Utah. Yeah. We, we just happened to look that up because I think at the end credits, it said something like the Writers Guild of Canada Mm -hmm. and Daltz got excited thinking maybe this was filmed in Canada, but, but alas. I always, uh, Coco thinks that I'm checking my phone for like porn or something like that during the movie, but I'm always looking at IMDB and I'm doing research and I'm actively watching listener and actively listening. So during the beginning of it, when I saw the drone shots of them going over the mountains and stuff like that. I was like, oh, that might be British Columbia. But it wasn't. It was Utah. So that's that's how I knew. So this this was just bad, listener. It was just just bad. It was just bad. And uh, you knew exactly what was going to happen the entire time. Um, it's a it's like a version of Overboard, I guess, like where the yeah it the spoiled rich woman gets amnesia and meets the you know working class guy and only Overboard was actually good. Yeah, I've and- never seen that. What? Yeah, I've never seen that. Okay, we're going to watch it. Not the remake with like Anna Faris, but the or actual... Goldie Hawn and Kurt, Kurt Russell, Russell, right? Yeah. yeah. I'll watch Kurt Russell. Yeah. <laughs> Snake I, uh, Plissken. Snake, Snake Plissken <laughs> in Overboard. Escape from my yacht. <laughs> <laughs> Call us, Netflix. <laughs> How do we not... Lindsay Lohan has a three-picture deal after years of Even crack shenanigans... <laughs> And being, at best, a serviceable actress. At best, a serviceable actress. And also, by the way, listener, this is not just any old kind of movie. This is number one on Netflix right now as we record this. I That doesn't surprise me because I feel like there was a lot of anticipation for this. Oh, yeah. But... I'm still shocked well, that it's getting good reviews. It's it's that shocks me, but also what is a little bit surprising is it's November 11th as we record this, and it's not even Thanksgiving. So like, people are watching Christmas movies already, I guess. Well, remember last year we did that Emma Roberts Christmas movie around this time? No. Okay. <laughs> did we like it? Yeah, I liked it. I think you thought it was crap, but yeah. I liked it. Yeah, well, I thought it's it was a Christmas charming. movie. I'm not really Literally. much for Christmas movies, so it's a good thing we don't have a lifetime then, because we'd just be watching nonstop Christmas movies. Right so now. should we talk about Santa in this movie? So Santa um, looks like he got hit in the face with a shovel. <laughs> Poor Santa. Uh, as 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 I mentioned uh, during uh, our watching, our viewing, I th- I thought maybe he was like face reconstruction Santa because he looked like he was. He definitely looked like he was not Santa, and he was kind of creepy. Yeah, he was super creepy. He was definitely one of those people who had, like, the reactions that Daltz was talking about. Like, <laughs> Well, and I don't want to face shame the guy, because that's probably the way he really looks. Um, but they didn't do any favors uh, with the lighting and with the pancake and right. the hats and everything that mm-hmm. he was wearing. So he kind of looked like a little bit like he was the evil Santa and certain, <laughs> certain lighting. And the other thing I wanted to mention about this, this is a very technical thing, but... The lighting in a lot of these recent Netflix things has been way too bright. 
and it's been like like there, there was one movie we watched and it was supposed to be like a thriller dark thing and it was like all everything was brightly lit and i was like why i don't need to see every corner and so this was that kind of movie to me which is like in 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 some ways it's the lighting but in some ways it's also the movie the film stock that they use um and i just this was just way too bright for me it was just too shiny like again you, you, a lot of this movie was taking place in the supposedly run down uh you know last minute uh, we need a fundraiser resort and it looked sparkly clean to me it looked like it looked fantastic i mean there wasn't a broken window to be found there wasn't like a drunk guy passed out on the couch in the lobby you know what i mean like there was nothing no signs of what i would say would be indicators of a down on the luck resort and then they come back in from going to watch the village christmas tree being lit up and they just put their coats on the coat rack on the inside you know right when they walk into the resort and i'm like should so there aren't that many people staying there then, huh? If you're just leaving like your coats and your scarves just hanging there, like, okay, well. Well, and the other thing is she's, this is supposed to be, again, a family struggling to survive. And the little girl has this bedroom that's the size of our house. And the bed is a king size bed. And she's got 47 stuffed animals. <laughs> it's like, all you have to do, like, just sell half of those stuffed animals and you might be able to pay the rent for a month. Like, just, she won't even know. There's so many there. And also, <laughs> now that we're going into plot holes. <laughs> Lindsay Lohan has amnesia and obviously doesn't have any luggage with her. So Cord Overstreet takes her back to the resort and he's like, all right, here's all the stuff that got left in the lost and found that you can wear. And it all fits her perfectly. Magically. Like, how do you find like so many different pairs of like size two jeans or whatever in, in the lost and found? Well, and also know. the fact that they made a big point of saying that nobody was staying there and everybody had canceled. So like, where do these clothes come from? Like how long, like how long is the lost and found from? Right. Like was there some guy back there like in a skeleton and they were taking the clothes <laughs> off him and stuff like that? Probably. So uh, let's wrap this up because it's just been way too entertaining. What uh, would you give this? I'm very interested to hear this answer. What letter are you going to give this, Coco? <laughs> Don't the- say C for cocaine or crack or... <laughs> Oh, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> C for crack. <laughs> what 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 do you really give this D for disaster? I I do give it a D. Do you? Yeah, the only reason I'm not giving it an F is because there are many many laughs in this. Like the the Liz and Dick movie that gets an F. That doesn't even need a porn title. It's already got a porn title. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, that gets an F because it was just bad. Mm-hmm. This is bad, but there are many, many solid laughs in this because of the unintentional hilarity. So I so I give it a D. So if you're associated with anybody in this movie, don't watch it with them because you'll be laughing at all the wrong spots. It's like Coco said earlier, it's like, do people actually get through this movie and they get they get out of the screening and they're like, I'm pretty proud of that. <laughs> right, totally. <laughs> I'm going to put that on my IMDb page. Right, totally. <laughs> Falling for Christmas. Oh, you were in that? Oh, I love that. Well, apparently we're the only people who think it's awful. Oh. So apparently it's getting like decent reviews. So I wonder if it's like one of those things where people are flooding the reviews to try to artificially lift it like they do on Amazon and stuff like that. Oh, I don't. Well, like I saw a good review on IndieWire. Oh, and, these are individual. And yeah. you said that uh, it's on the New York Times, like watching thing, right? Didn't you say? Yeah, like, I did. But the the blurb that they had was, you know, this is a fairly ridiculous movie or something like that. Oh, okay. So, and there was another another one uh, that said like that called Lindsay Lohan charming, and I'm like, 
interesting. <laughs> I give this a two out of ten, and I give this wow. a do not watch. However, oh. with a qualifier, is maybe you do want to watch it. Yeah, I'd give it a do watch. Oh, okay. Because if you want. If you want 90 minutes of nonstop laughs, yeah. this is your movie. Okay, so I qualify that by saying don't watch it if you're expecting Miracle on 34th Street. <laughs> right. But watch it if you're a big fan of Airplane or like those kind of movies. <laughs> Naked Gun. Naked Gun. <laughs> right. Like where you like laughing at things that are supposed to be serious. Like Naked Gun is intentionally obviously a parody. Right. But you're, you know, it's the wink, wink, nudge, nudge of that one. Well, just pretend that that's this. Mm-hmm. When you're watching, and then play the hot tub shooter game. So every time you see the, sh- the hot tub, take a shot. I, I really want to go to that resort and get in that hot tub. I would really like to go with you and do that too. I need to not eat so much chili if we're going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, on that note, as we go out on the chili for another edition of the podcast, I'm not Coco. And I'm not Dolls. <laughs>